Hi. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to Art Time of the Month. Welcome. Welcome. Hi, Josephine. Hi, Miss Wendy. How excited are you right now? Uh, very. Um, tell the children people why you are excited. Children, children people, we are here, Untitled Friends. Untitled Friends are sevens of our listeners. Sevens. Every kind of audience we've ever had. Exactly. Here we are at the end of the year, and we are about to gift unto you. Our top five artistic moments of 2019. Top five. We each have a top five. Josephine and I have not revealed our top fives to each other. So this is like such a gift to yes. each other right so now. So this could be, this could be, go, this, this could be like really heated. This might be controversial. Yes. This could end friendships. This could, this could test the very limits this of our commitment to each other. This could end marriages, really. Yeah. Yes, it could end marriages. We might need therapy after this. You know what? I have, I have mine on standby. Okay. And we're ready. <laughs> I'm ready to go when okay. you are. So first, a little backstory. Yes. We are ending our second year as a podcast. <laughs> Congratulations to you. Congratulations. Hey, thanks. Um, so at the end of last year, I had said to Joe, like, should we do something to kind of like put a button on it and like recap the whole year? Um, and I, I proposed this idea of doing like a, what's your top five? Um, and it was our most fun thing. It was my favorite thing of the year last year, just kind of like recapping everything. And so, um, we did like a back and forth, right? Yes, we did. Like. You do one, I do one, and so on and so forth. Except that last year, I think we discussed them together first. We did discuss them, so that way we it was it was a little more like it was a lot shorter episode than we're used uh-huh. to. But I really wish that we didn't because I think this is going to be more fun. I agree. <laughs> and see, we learn and we grow and together. We grow, and here we are, and we are learning and we are growing. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited! All right, 2019. Do you want to go first? Um, I I kind of want you to go first. Okay. I'm going to go first. Okay. I'm okay. really happy that you are. Okay. Okay, here we go. 2019. My first favorite thing of 2019 was Lizzo. Ah! Do you have Lizzo on I yours? have Lizzo yes! on mine! All right. We're still friends. Okay. We're still friends. Okay. So then let's jointly kind of com- talk about Lizzo together. This, so, okay. Not to sound like an insufferable hipster. Yes. But I had known about Lizzo. Same. For like a minute. like, yeah, And I knew about Good as Hell. And I remember one of my favorite podcasts, shout out to the now ended Pop Rocket. They, every, uh, when they would do their weekly show, at the end of the show, it's like, what's your current jam? What's the, uh-huh. and, and it was my, one of my fa- com- favorite comedians, he, uh, his jam was Truth Hurts. And it had oh. just come out. And I remember thinking, and the for first the first time, the very first time, the very mm-hmm. first time. And I remember just thinking, oh, my God, that's amazing. And mm-hmm. I'm just feeling everything. And then to see her, and then I remember at the beginning of, I think it was the end of last year, within that same uh, Facebook group that I'm a part of, people were predicting that 2019 was the year of Lizzo. And uh-huh. they were not fucking wrong. They were not as entertainment has named her entertainment of the Ye- entertainer of the year. Time magazine, Time magazine named her cover artist entertainer of the year. She was on the cover of, 
I think she did a Vogue cover. She did a Vogue cover. She did an like a L cover. She's like she's just everywhere now. And so like I can't stress the importance of her being visible. Absolutely. And not just everywhere because we get oversaturated with so many things like pop culture wise, but to to be visible in a black body of size was like so groundbreaking and to be someone who is such a beacon of positivity and self-love and like every review of going to see Olazo show is like, you know, like going to the church of, of uh, like self-care and self-love and positivity and like she's just everything. She's funny and raw as hell. Her VMA performance this year crushed it. She performed on stage with a giant inflatable ass. Yeah. Cause why the fuck not? You're Lizzo. Yeah, and and her ass has been making been making news and and continues to do so. But also, it's really opened up this conversation about big bodies and like I one of my the the my most favorite things that I saw on the internet this year was was it's all fine and well to say yes, Lizzo, but you must also treat fat people like actual people. Yeah, absolutely. It's, like, it's not enough that you're like yes, Lizzo. You yeah. must also. Respect people of all bodies. Exactly. Yeah. Um, she when she did her tiny ass desk concert. Oh my god! And she said, "You know, if you can love me, then you can definitely love yourself." Mm-hmm. And I think, like, I, I think a ton of people needed to hear that, yeah. and I didn't need to hear that, but it's been stuck with me because I'm just like, "Huh? Yeah. If you can love other people, you can definitely love yourself." Uh-huh. A little spin on, uh, on RuPaul. On RuPaul. Yeah. Um, and she has not been – she has not been someone who has been, like, without controversy mm-hmm. recently with her, you know, bare ass on a, you know, vinyl seat. Like and, a Lakers game or something. Yeah. yeah. But also the whole thing regarding her giving credit to somebody for Truth Hurts. Have mm-hmm. you heard about this? No. So she – she Her producer? Her, her it was – um, she basically gave a writing credit to somebody who originated who it was a meme a, a tweet meme of uh that was basically the first line of truth hurts One DNA tests oh, uh, DNA it. tests turns out I'm 100% that bitch and she um she worked you know after you know legal 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 whatever um they she was able to give that woman a writing credit That's for amazing. truth hurts retroactively um, and then there were some other people who were trying to get further credit for it, even though they were the ones who shared that original uh, person's uh, words. Mm-hmm. But, like, they were not the person who, create, who originated who the thought. Yeah. And so she, you know, and she's also been someone who's just, uh, who's not afraid to address things and have mm-hmm. hard conversations and in public be very honest about, like, hey, y'all, anxiety's real today. Yeah. And I, I greatly appreciate that mm-hmm. because I feel that, you know, in this age where we are experiencing, we we do have people who are um, learning in public. Mm-hmm. She is somebody who is not afraid to just kind of get ahead of it and yeah. be really honest. Yeah. So. I also appreciate that she is the first person to say that she is not an overnight success. Mm-hmm. That she did not just wake up one day with like a pop and album and like and crush the game all of a sudden. That she has been at this every day for 10 years like and sleeping in cars and giving away t- free tickets to her show just to get seen and just to get out there and like her hustle is so real and she has been doing this for so 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 long so her su- success in 2019 
is so beyond well-deserved and it has been a long road to get here and we're like super proud to have her in the world in yeah. our world it took day. the whole fucking decade but now she's here but and god damn it she's here and she's not going anywhere yes bitch got her zoo there we go all right you're up next lizzo all, all right. right so the one i have that I, you may not have but we'll see go um is one day at a time. <laughs> really? In 2019? In 2019. And Let's here's, talk about and it. And here's why. Okay. So I was, in te- I was very intentional and maybe a little too, like, whoo, with my, with my list this year. Okay. And I think that with one day at a time, I wanted to highlight it because season three came out at the beginning of the year, right? So it came out in, like, February. Um, or it dropped, or we talked about it in February. Yes. We talked about it in mm-hmm. February. And I believe it dropped um, then. And you have like this groundbreaking, you know, show, another great season. Um, it continued to, you know, it continued to get new fans. And then the decision was made to cancel, to cancel it. And then from there, it went from like, new season to cancellation to being saved mm-hmm. all in one year. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was so fascinating to kind of see that all play out. Yeah. I'm going to also just not push back, but I'm going to remind you that the same thing happened to Nashville. Uh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to laugh about this. Nashville, not this quality programming and uh, Nashville also had is... several seasons. It did have several seasons. So yeah. several seasons, not as quality of programming, right? But it's still... But maybe for other reasons. For, uh, that's yeah, a yeah. different conversation. So yeah. with, with, with this specifically, I just wanted to highlight it because it was such... It was something that was... That made the last couple years of this decade mm-hmm. like so enjoyable for me. Mm. And I didn't want to put it in for... Um, another conversation that we're going to have. Yeah. But I wanted to make sure I highlight it for this year because I wanted to also, th- I wanted to showcase the power that like the fandom has, that they, yeah. that the fandom really does have uh, this power to save things. Uh-huh. And if the will, the political will is behind it um, and, you know, from all those people, they can really make it happen. So mm-hmm. that, and, you know, and we have something to look forward to for next year too. Yeah. So not only is like that it's we coming back. exactly yeah. we had this whole journey, yeah. and now we have you know something to look forward to for next year. So yeah, and I think I mean it's also a testament to what we do on this podcast, right? Like the power of the fandom yeah. is just appreciating the art, but also like fighting for the art, the yeah. advocacy behind it. Exactly, that's exciting. Yeah, definitely. All right, my number two. Uh huh. Um. My number two was Adam Sandler hosting SNL. Oh. This is an eyebrow raise and a four, five, six snap. This is a, this is a snap. I really, yes. I like this you for you. You appreciate this choice? I'm I appreciate glad. this I'm glad. choice. Um, namely because, um, and we're about to see Eddie Murphy return to SNL as well. Like, um, Adam Sandler returning to SNL felt like a full circle moment and like a very richly deserved full circle moment because he had such a, you know, cult classic run of movies after he had left SNL and all of that. But we haven't seen him in such a long time, right? He came back to SNL on May 4th this year and he had a moment that everyone was talking about on every news circuit the next day. And it was his tribute to Chris Chris Farley. Farley. Mm -hmm. That was funny and poignant and emotional and had everyone on set weeping. And he was emotional while he was singing it. 
And for everyone who grew up with that era of SNL, I did, um, like watching Farley and Tim Meadows and Adam Sandler, like that whole generation and Mike Myers and Dana Carvey, like that generation of SNL felt so specifically like my middle school and high school. And um, so to see that lovely gift to a friend and to honor his art in that way just felt like such a precious, beautiful moment of 2019. Yeah. And to, and to introduce, uh, to, to put, uh, Chris Farley back into the lexicon for, um, people who may not, for, you know, the younger viewers of SNL that may not know him or may not remember, um, those, those episodes from the, from the mid to early, early to mid nineties, uh, with Farley and rock and spade and all of them, that, that's a very, that's, that sticks out in my, in my head as well. Uh So I, I really appreciate that. Plus, I mean, he's about like there's Oscar buzz around his his upcoming film, uh, Uncut Gems, mm-hmm. and yeah. So yeah, it, it's just a good year for him too. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. What's your number? What are we on now? Your so number three. This my, is your three. This is my three. So okay. I kind of I I I couldn't pick a specific thing because these three things lumped into one theme. Mm-hmm. So I will. Uh, I, I will it. I will start the theme. I so have the a theme. general as well. Awesome. So Go my on. theme is the much anticipated finales and endings of things in 2019. Mm. So in 2019, we had the series finale of Game of Thrones uh-huh. over 10 years. We had the the conclusion of the of of a com- the conclusion of like ten years of the Marvel Cinematic Universe mm-hmm. um, with Avengers Endgame. Veep ended. Veep ended. Orange is the New Black ended. Mm-hmm. Big Bang Theory ended. There was felt like there was a lot of a closure. lot of a lot of closure and a lot of weighted things, really like critically acclaimed things that were ending this year. And so I wanted to make sure that I I acknowledged that um, the one particular ending that I want to highlight is one that maybe was not on a lot of people's radars, but it's Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And for Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, you know, to have four seasons and have, and they were very clear, like, even though this, this particular show was not a, like, highly rated show in terms of, like, viewership, it got consistently, it got consistently great uh, reviews by critics and the fandom that it, that it did find was so fervent and strong. So, and I appreciated the one hundred percent the story that she told, especially when it at having really honest conversations about sexuality and mental health issues mm-hmm. and seeing what that's like, and the genius uh, and the reverence for Broadway that. Uh, uh, Rachel Bloom has and the genius of the songwriting with Adam Adam Schlesinger and Jack Dolgen and it's just it was something that I wish more people besides the strong fans of that show really made a really made more of a fuss about mm-hmm. so but Crazy Ex-Girlfriend but all the other endings as well yeah it kind of reminds me of like a harken back to the year that Frasier, Friends, Sex in the City all ended. Mm-hmm. 2004. Yeah. yeah. It was like this cultural moment of like, oh, everything's done and what will we watch now? Um, and this didn't feel like a what will we watch now, but it did feel like like big moments closing. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and they weren't like all 
they weren't all well received. Uh-huh. Game of Thrones was not well received. Uh-huh. Um, Endgame, it depends on who you talk to. Mm-hmm. Crazy X had a very, they knew exactly how they wanted it to end from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So that felt very cohesive. But it was just, it's fascinating to kind of see how the fandom has taken to all these different endings. Yeah. So, but yeah. Nice. It was a, it was a, you know, last year of the decade, but you know, a lot of lasts in this uh-huh. in this year. Cool. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna give you my number three, um, which we never talked about. I meant to talk about this in May, and it has looped around and come back in December as well. Um, the Jimmy Kimmel Norman Lear produced live in front of a studio audience. Okay. <laughs> I have to kind of backtrack to May and talk about this because we, like, we should have talked about it. It was on my list. And when I watched it, it was so brilliant. And again, such a gift to the artists that have come before us and such a tribute and like a a loving tribute at that. Jimmy Kimmel, did you watch it in May? Oh, yeah, I did. Right? And why didn't we talk about it? I don't, I don't. I feel like I want to say that we did because it was so significant, but I don't think we did. We didn't talk about it on the episode. No. Um, But but I did watch it, yeah. Yeah, but Jennifer Hudson sang the theme song to the Jeffersons, like the whole moving on up and like, ugh. And they did All in the Family and the Jeffersons, like one episode each. It was really culturally significant to talk about that in 2019 and to have it like revisited because – Woody Harrelson and Marissa Tomei played Edith Archie and, and Edith, yeah. Archie, yeah. Um, like, from the theme song on, right? Those were the days. And, like, it was so brilliant. And Ellie Kemper, and who else was in it? Uh, Ike, Ike Barinholtz. Um, ugh, it was just so... It wasn't an imitation of it. It was a tribute to it, mm-hmm. right? And in doing that... It was just, again, like a really beautiful gift of one artist honoring those who have come before us. And then they aired the Jefferson episode. And the Jefferson episode straight up had the N-word in it. And they had to kind of like decide what to do with it. Kerry Washington was in that episode. Jamie Foxx was in that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like a lot of amazing things went down in that episode and they kept the original The original, dialogue. The original Florence was in the that episode? The original Florence was in it. And all of these, nothing was rescripted. They kept the exact original text dialogue from those episodes and just replayed it with new actors, with today actors. Um, they kept the N-word in there and, and bleeped it to honor the original script and to kind of have this commentary on how far we've come. Uh, they're... They're doing another mm-hmm. uh, live in front of a studio audience this week, this Wednesday. Obviously, this episode will have come out already. Our time will have come out. Um, but we're recording this earlier in December. So in on Wednesday... It's uh, um, All in the Family and Different Strokes. Yeah. No, not Different Strokes. Oh, it's... Um, all in the Family and Good Times. Good Times. Good times. good times. That's right. Yes. Um, and so, and like, Tiffany Haddish is going to be in it. Like, there's so, just names on names on names. Like, everybody kind of, like, jumping at the same cast for All in the Family is coming back to do this again. And just people who are jumping on board to to be a part of this and to honor Norman Lear and to to recreate these iconic moments in television history. 
It's yeah. exciting. Yeah, it is very exciting. It's exciting. It was new. It was different. But it was also this, like, nostalgia, this beautiful, nostalgic moment. Yeah. You know? And it's just, it's Americana. Like, it's lovely. It's like, we don't need a reboot. We don't need, but we do need, like, this is a way to pay tribute to yeah. that. Yeah, and in a year that was so fucking saturated with reboots, mm-hmm. you know, in, and I'm including BH90210 in this. Mm-hmm. Sevens. Um... I still think, like, we're done with the reboots. Give it a rest. Yeah. This was not a reboot. This was something wildly different, wholly original, and 100% just beautifully done. Yeah. Absolutely. There you go. What's your number four? My number four is, uh, this was a year for stand-up comedy for me. Um, I saw a lot. Okay. I saw a lot of stand-up comedy. Uh, My original goal was to see 20 different comedians, um... This year. That's a very specific goal. You it, want to see 20 comedians? I, I created a list at the end of, at the beginning of the year of like the comedians I wanted to see. And as I was writing out the list, I realized that none of the comedians was a cisgendered white uh, heterosexual male. Wow. They were all queer people or people of color or women um, or, you know, both. Yeah. So this year, <laughs> I'm going to just g- briefly run over run all over the, the comedians list. I saw. Did you hit 20? I did not hit 20. Okay. Because there were people who, like, you know, thankfully they were booked, busy, and blessed. Good. But I, there were people that I didn't get to see. So this year, I saw Ali Wong for my birthday. Yes. I saw Guy Branham in um, Around Pride, who is. The he's the comedian who who did the Lizzo. He he uh, yeah. talked about Lizzo on that podcast. Nicole Byer, Eddie Izzard. I saw Trevor Noah. Um, I saw <laughs> Joe Dombrowski, aka Mr. D, in L.A. from A La Ellen. Um, when I went to New York on Spirit Night, they were all comedians singing songs. I saw that, and I got to see. I uh, pretty much I'm going to end the year having seen. Um, Matt Rogers, who did his Christmas show of all original comedy music that was gay as fuck. So it was it was a really good year for stand-up comedy. And everyone who I didn't get to this year or wasn't able this year, I'm going to put them on the list for next year and then see who else we can add. But I realized that this year was like I really wanted to have more of those experiences seeing actual stand-up. And mm-hmm. I, I, th- I think I made a really good dent. Yeah. So. How, so how close to 20 did you get? Um, did you count? Mean, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, uh, seven, eight. You know. I mean, it's good to have goals. Lofty, yeah. lofty, funny goals. Exactly. Because you never know. With a lot of those people, they were either like Jabuki Young White, who it's like if you're not in L.A. and you're not in Brooklyn, you're never going to see him. Uh-huh. But like he he was like named one of the like young comedians to watch out for by GQ. And he was, uh, he's on the out 100. He's on Forbes. Like he's, he was like at the top of my list, but he's not coming out here anytime soon, but hopefully next year. Okay. So there you go. All right. So my number four, stop me if you've heard it is the year of mother Porter. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um, not on my list. Not on your list. Because I knew we would still talk about it. Because we're going to talk about it. Yeah, but uh, but not on my list. Okay. So this is, um, yeah, I mean, we've been talking about him all year. Uh-huh. And because of that, I think he deserves a spot in my top five. Like, oh, absolutely. I feel like every month that we've been talking, he's had some reason to appear in our conversation um, through his work on Pose, his work on the red carpets, his historical Emmy win, his historical scene in Pose this year, 
that was two gay black men making love. Like, it was on cable television. Like, yeah. It was... HIV positive. Yeah. Uh, gay black men, correct. no doubt. Like, really, really historic. But all of the looks that he has turned this year on the red carpet, from his Tony dress that was the Kinky Boots curtain, mm-hmm. you know, to uh, his his Oscar gown at the very beginning of the year, the black velvet crushed gown, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, every single thing that he's Met worn. Gala. The Met Gala, gold, lame, everything he's done has just been perfection. Perfection. Yeah. Perfection. But to hear him also speak as well about pushing gender norms and why should you care that I'm wearing a dress? Yeah. Like, we are past the the point in time where you shouldn't care that a man is wearing a dress. Get the fuck over it. Um, And to hear him just talk about his struggle, his fight to get where he's been, and how long it took him. Because he's been in the game for decades, let alone, you know... Prior to Kinky Boots, yeah. Prior to Kinky Boots. Like, he's been on Broadway for evs. Uh, So he's really, really, really been, you know, doing the work and having such a moment in in our pop culture and in our our world right now. Like, people know who he is, and people know his face, and people know his style, and his style is ever-changing, and it's constantly saying something, and it's constantly important and intentional. And I dig that shit. Yeah, he said something on, I think it was on Corden, but he said something about, like, you know, he, being afraid, uh, being a man, if you think it's weird for a man to wear a dress, it says more about what you think of women than it is to, than it is about them, about men. It's just like, oh, men, you know, women can wear pants, but, you know, Men can't wear dresses. Uh-huh. It's this double standard. And I thought that was just a really... So smart. That's yeah. what I mean. He's exactly. intentional. He's so smart with his choices and and talks about it with such reverence and, and intention, really. Yeah. You know? He's not wearing a dress for the sake of wearing a dress. Yeah. He's it, wearing a dress to make you uncomfortable, make you think about why you're uncomfortable. Yeah. And also because he is truly comfortable... In and that. He's so comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. With all my guts. Yes. Thank you, Mother Porter, for giving us your year. Thank you. What is your number four? This is your number five. Sorry. My number five. Number five. Go. My number five is a little sentimental. Tell Get me ready. What your number five my is. number five is all the artists we have spotted this year. Oh. So my favorite artistic moment of the year was going on this journey talking to all the different artists that we have spotted mm-hmm. from, you know, f- from the stage at Pantages to the workshop of a, of a, <laughs> of a project runway winner mm-hmm. to beautiful theater spaces to, you know, it's just, it's been amazing to sit down and talk to so many people and to, and to have you there right Yay. by my side. Hey, thanks Josephine. So I just wanted to say that. And I, w- it's so it's also so, so cool to, like, continue to follow, uh, you know, through social, mm-hmm. these artists as they are making their way and, and, and continuing to grow and, you know, produce beautiful things in their craft. Mm-hmm. So 
Um, I encourage all of you, if you haven't yet, go back and listen to the uh, the spotting episodes. Yeah. And we have so much more coming in the next year. We do. But it was, like, literally my one of my favorite things of the entire year, one of the highlights. So. I'm so glad for yeah. you to say that. Yeah, it, that was not on my top five, but I thought about it. Yeah. Um, because a lot of those people I, I know and mm-hmm. love deeply. And, uh, and then, like... Ashley Nell Tipton, I did not know at all. So, like, interviewing someone blind who I just I was meeting for the first time yeah. was, like, exciting. And um, I think, like, really, like, having those discussions about what people think about their work and how they got to where they got is always a really exciting thing. And that's how you and I kind of got into this podcast. Into this, yeah. When you were asking me about yeah what I do in Untitled Friendship, you yeah. know? So, like... Yeah, I think the idea of, like, talking to people about their craft is exciting. Yeah. And we're going to do more of it. And we are. We're going to do so much more of it. All right. Here's my my last 2019 <laughs> moment. I think you're really going to appreciate this. Okay. Okay. Is How gay is it? It's pretty fucking gay. Oh, God. Okay. It's pretty fucking gay, but also not gay. Oh, also oh, really okay. empowering. Okay. Okay. I want... To draw attention to the fact that 2019 was the year, the year, that five mistitles were all African-American women from... Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. yes! So let me go through this. We have the 2019 Miss USA, Chelsea Crist. 2019 Miss Teen USA, Kaylee Garris. 2019 Miss America, Nia Franklin. 2019 Miss Universe, uh, Zozibini Tunzi. I hope I got that right. And then we had Miss World. Did I mention Miss World? No, not yet. Okay, Miss World. Hold on. Miss World was Tony Ann Singh of Jamaica. Um, and this is historic. It's for the first time, I just want to kind of read through this a little bit, just like a quick little note of it. Um, this is the first time that top beauty pageants, all five titles, have crowned black women as their winners at the same time in mm-hmm. unison. Um, beauty pageants early in their history, some dating back to the 20s, barred women of color. So this is the first time in history that this is even a possibility. Yeah. Like, because... As recent as 20, 30 years ago, this wouldn't have even been possible. Um, barred women of color from participating, even after organizations began changing their rules to accept women of all races, there was still lingering frustration and opposition to join. Um, only in the last 50 years have women become more prevalent, black women become more prevalent in these competitions. Of course, we had Vanessa Williams as the first black Miss America in 83 um, and all of that. But What's really astounding is, like, what these women do. So CNN did this, like, really cool thing. What you should know about these five women. Mm -hmm. Miss World plans to be a doctor. Uh, Miss World from Jamaica, Tony Ann Singh. um, She graduated from Florida State University with degrees in psychology and women's studies and plans to enroll in medical school soon. So cool. Uh, Miss Universe fights against gender-based violence. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Of course she does. Um, in the Eastern Cape of South Africa, along with English, 26-year-old speaks uh, Hosa? Soha? Oh, uh, uh, Sa. 
Thank you. XOSA. Yes. Yes, it's the it's the language of uh, uh, it's what uh, also um, Trevor Noah, Noah speaks. Yeah. yeah. Can you please edit that so that I don't sound ignorant? <laughs> of course. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. So she speaks. She speaks many languages, and launched social media campaigns against gender gender based violence. Um, Miss USA works on behalf of prisoners. She received three degrees from two universities, and she is 28 years old. Chris is a 28-year-old attorney with a mission to help reform America's justice system. Goddamn right you are. Miss Teen USA defied beauty pageant norms by wearing natural hair mm. and winning. And she just said, like, I know what I look like with straight hair, and I feel more comfortable with my natural hair. And she won the shit. Yes, she did. So good. Um, and she is 18 years old. Miss America... Um, works in music. She's an opera singer. Oh my God. Like, incredible. And so, anyway, it's just, it like, Miss World was recently crowned, I think, like, yesterday or something like that. Um, and that solidified, like, the five crowns of five empowered, beautiful black women. And yeah. I just think, like, thanks, 2019. Yeah. Thanks Wonderful for that. Wonderful news, right? Yeah. And that was my five. Wow. That's it. Those were our top fives of 2019. That was 2019. Y'all, should we tell the children what we're doing next? Tell them. So the next episode will be what, Miss In the Wendy? next episode, stay tuned. In the, in the next few days, we're going to come at you with the best of the decade. <gasps> what? We're coming at you with our top five from the 2010s, y'all. Oh. We can't be stopped. Oh, we can't be. We just can't. Can't stop, won't stop. We can't stop, won't stop, because we are gearing up for season three in 2020. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. Stay tuned. Enjoy your time of the month. Bye. Bye.